Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. You guys, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Monday episode. We are back to normal, folks. We are in a full pop culture roundup with Sophie Ross. If you want to skip to that now, remember, you can use the timestamps, but I'm going to do a, a little bit of an opening monologue, if you if you will, and, and take you through some of the things that I'm watching and thinking about. And then we do a pop culture roundup, which is hysterical. Me and Sophie, deep dipe, deep dipe. Deep dive into Bravo and Taylor Swift and Saturday Night Live, Leonardo DiCaprio's 49th birthday, Kiki Palmer, uh, Harry Styles. It is jam-packed and it was a lot of fun, so I hope that's a good way to start your Monday. How was your weekend, you guys? I didn't even hear from you. I hope everybody was good. Was it good? Okay. I mean, yeah, it it went fast, didn't it? So uh, I last talked to you on Friday Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. That was truly unhinged. Uh, I'm I'm glad you guys are enjoying that. I really enjoyed doing it. That, But last week, you guys, it took it out of me, man. Coming off of BravoCon and then working the whole week and just doing so many things, I was just wiped by Friday. And Friday... I watched so I had to catch up on TV. Like talk about, I always say how ridiculous this job is that I was like, I felt pressure to catch up on TV and I'm still not caught up, but my God, did I try? I caught up with the Kardashians. I caught up with welcome to Plathville. I caught up with uh, Southern charm. I caught up with Potomac, which by the way, I watched tonight's Potomac episode, which we'll get into in a second. Um, uh, I started selling sunset. There was a whole new season of selling sunset that I had to start watching. I had to, you guys, I legally had to. Um, and then, uh, I got invited on Saturday, a bunch of my bros, my guy friends who I don't really get to see much at all. 
Uh, they invited me to, have you guys heard of this? I heard about this earlier this year because of Taylor Swift. This uh, foot, it's called football and it's uh, it's like a pigskin ball. And what they do, uh, colleges and professional team, they play this game every Saturday and Sunday and sometimes various other days of the week. So I got invited to this ASU UCLA game at the Rose Bowl. And, uh, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm glad I went, but it was like, it was wild. Cause you guys, we used to go to these sporting events, ASU, Arizona state university, which I don't know why, but Arizona state university keeps popping up lately for me. But, uh, we used to go to all these sporting events. And, and if you've been listening from the beginning, when we started this, I would always talk about, like, I would go to sporting events just to have male friendships because I don't like sports. I don't like sports. I, I, I like when it's like there's a reality show about sports or a documentary about sports. I'm fully in. I'm like, hell yeah, inject that in my veins. I start watching the game though, and I'm like, this uh this is hugely, this is very boring. This is very boring to me, even though I know so many people are excited. I'm not hating on it. It's just not my thing. I would usually talk to my uh my bros, girlfriends, or wives about like Kardashians or whatever the whatever the housewives are up to. So it was always a win-win. Um, but we would used to go, we would like, get a party bus, be like a big caravan of people. And so this was like our last ride, I guess, because they were trying to explain to me something about the PAC 12 and Arizona state university taken out of it. So we won't be coming to LA to play. I don't even understand it. I, I mean, I don't know if football's retired after last night. I'm not sure what's happening, but they said it's like one of the last things we'll be able to do in Los Angeles for Arizona state university with football. So I got talked into going and I was really glad I did, but it is wild it's wild to think back to like 15 years ago, or maybe it was, la- I don't even know, but it was like a long time ago when we would do these things and how much of our lives have changed. I mean, do you guys think about that when you, you hang out with friends or longtime friends or friends that you haven't seen in a long time and you start to uh, reminisce, if you will, on your life, you start to have these memories of like how far you've come, or maybe, you know, you wish you would come farther since, you know, a certain period of time. But it was interesting to see what everybody's up to, you know, uh, one, what somebody just announced a pregnancy there. Somebody, uh, just had a second baby, uh, you know, relationships, breakups, uh, jobs, new jobs, old jobs, lost parents, all of these things. And it was so weird. And we, we called our buddy who moved to Kansas. Uh, he, he would give us like, uh, motivation for the games. He'd be like, take a knee everybody. And we give this like big emotional grand speech, like Russell Crowe and gladiator. And it'll always be just great fun. But it was funny. We called him on FaceTime before we went into the Rose bowl and said, we need, we need one last speech, one last ride. And it was funny. I was, we were looking at him on FaceTime and I just kept thinking, cause you could see our reflection in the little FaceTime mirror and then his. And I just thought, how funny is it? It looks like somebody's put the old age filter over our photos. And then I realized, no, that's just how we look now. I'm remembering us from 15 years ago. It was a very trippy experience, but I will say the game was amazing. Arizona State University shockingly won. We're two and seven this season. Now we're three and seven. And that's more sports statistics than I will probably say for the rest of the year. But it was great. It was great to laugh with these guys that I haven't seen in a long time. And some of those guys I hadn't seen pre-pandemic but it was really fascinating. And it was one of those things that reminds me to, to like, you know, hey, maybe maybe don't work 
maybe just don't work period, but like, no, get out there. And even though it's annoying to leave your house and get out of bed and stop watching TV, maybe just maybe, and this is just, I'm just speaking for myself. Maybe it's good to go do these things with people who have no connection to what you do. Like I got into a deep conversation with one guy trying to explain the power of Taylor Swift and he just didn't get it, but that's okay. You know, and none of those guys know anything that I talk about. They all just like, hey, it looks like you're having fun. It looks like it's going good, but that's it. And that's really kind of refreshing, especially after coming off an event like BravoCon, right? Um, but I wanted to tell you guys about that. It was a, So Friday was all day watching TV and it was kind of getting back. It was a lot of TV watching, which was enjoyable. And then Saturday, I just, I, I just kind of, I was really wiped out. I, I really was wiped out in terms of sleep and stuff. And so... I I got up because I had to do like this press conference, like a digital press conference for this movie called Saltburn um, with Jacob Elordi and Barry Keoghan. And I mean, a really wonderful movie I saw last week, but I'm talking to one of the people from the movie uh, in the morning. Like I have to wake up like 6 a.m., you guys, which is very exciting. Not waking up that early, but just talking to somebody from a really great film. Uh, the director of this, uh, Emerald Fennell, she also directed Promising Young Woman from a couple years ago, and it won the Academy Award for uh, uh, best original screenplay. Isn't that amazing? I, I rewatched that movie today just to, to bone up on research and I forgot how powerful that movie is. It really, really works a spell. But uh, Saltburn comes out this Friday if you guys are interested in seeing it, I, I recommend it. Um, so I got up and did that. Then I went back to sleep, which is very unusual for me. And I, I fell asleep watching the new season of Selling Sunset, which is really... You got to watch what you take naps to because in my dream, I was, sorry, excuse me, bless me. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was in the selling sunset universe and I was like about to sell a house, but then I realized I wasn't selling a house. I was selling like a duplex. And then I was like, realized I didn't even have the rights to sell the duplex. And I was like, oh my God, God, those like bald Oppenheim brothers are going to be really upset at me. And I'm not going to be able to ring the bell. Like all the people do in the show, when they get sell something, they're able to ring this huge bell. Um, and then I just woke up and I realized I'd fallen asleep watching selling sunset. So it's a very, that was a very scary experience. I do not recommend that for anyone. Um, you guys, I need favors from you. I need your social security numbers and I need your mom's maiden name. No, uh, I need you to leave a review for this podcast, for this show. I know it's hard. I know it's a pain in the butt. And I know a lot of you guys have already done it. But do your boy a solid. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I really would appreciate it. Uh, it really does help out the show. And it just makes me feel good. <laughs> Can you imagine that? It makes me feel good. Also, I want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. There's an hour and 37-minute episode. I put the video up and the audio version. Me and Michelle Humans and Amy Field, they both went to BravoCon and they're they're baddies and and friends and I had them on today to talk about their BravoCon experience, and we asked each other's questions. And of course, it spun off in like 30 other different directions, but it was great. I had such a good conversation with them. So if that's your jam, if you want to talk more BravoCon and kind of the Bravo sphere, a big old fat episode is over there on the Patreon that you can enjoy on the comfort of your screen or just listen to like a regular podcast. And I got to keep... I. Didn't get my Kardashian ones recorded this week. I chose to go to the football game instead. So I've got to catch up on that this week. That'll be over on the Patreon. Um, but I got some good interviews coming up this week. I got somebody from Roni. I got, uh, yeah, like I said, the Saltburn. I don't know. If you guys know any celebrities or anything like that you're friends with, tell them to come on the show. Always. That, that really helps. 
if you want somebody to come on this show, just slide into their DMs and say, you need to go on this guy so bad it's good. He's he was a chronic bedwetter as a as a kid, and now he hosts this show. It's not all about bedwetting, but he did talk about it last week. And just really recommend. I will take all recommendations. We are the little engine that can, that could, whatever. Um, but this is you know, it's one of those things. I was trying to meditate on this this weekend of. Where do we go next? What's happening now? Like, how do we how do we cram it all in? How do we respect the Bravo, but I'll bring in all the other pop culture that I know and love that you guys love? How do we make this a good show? How do we how do we tighten keep tightening? How do we how do we move to that next level? Uh, I, I'm literally asking you guys, so I'm going to wait for an answer. Okay, well, I was hoping somebody would have something, but it's something that I constantly think about. I'm like obsessed with it, but it's one of those things. It's really, it's really hard because there's so much work that goes into the day to day to keep that going. Um, but I, I just never thought I would fall in love this hard with something that I was involved in this, you know, later in life. You know, like it is weird to find something that you so desperately love, but later in life. You know, you always see those movies or read those books where you're like, he wanted to be a doctor since he came out of the womb. And I don't think anybody could have been like, just even thought that, you know, nobody even knew what podcasting was when I was born. <laughs> I mean, it was still silent films back then. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of been what's on my mind all weekend. Oh, also, I had my first audition. I, I auditioned for a film today or I, I had to put myself on tape. And that's an interesting experience because the SAG strike is over. The Screen Actors Guild strike is over. We celebrate being able to talk about all movies and TV now, being able to audition, people going back to work. We'll be able to see new uh, scripted television and film. That's so exciting. How amazing is that? Not a, not a moment too soon. I mean, those Stranger Things kids were going to be in their 70s before they filmed this new season, which by the way, Stranger Things, supposedly they start filming today. So the new season will start filming because, pr I mean, pretty soon it's, it's going to be really scary that we're going to have to pretend these guys are kids. You know? It's like, hey, hey, that guy's got a full beard now. Like he was prepubescent when this show started. How does he look like he has knee issues? You know, um, gosh. Oh, man, I miss talking to you guys. So tonight, there's so much to catch up on in terms of television. So I watched the new episode of Real Housewives of Potomac. And this Ashley Darby, you guys, I love her. But this, she is a shit stir. Two capital S's there. This woman, I, I just, it, but the first two episodes have been kind of, not lackluster, but it's like a slow build that I think will come to something. But I just still laugh at these women so much. Karen Huger just makes me smile so much. Just the way she tackles a phrase, the way she tackles a sentence makes me laugh so much. But also, Dr. Wendy Acefo announced that she was going to have a talk show. She's filming her own talk show in hopes of it getting picked up by like HBO or she said even Bravo, which was very meta being on Bravo. And I'm like, well, you kind of have a talk show right now if you look at it a certain way. But what is it with every – like, I mean – do they make these ladies have a new project every season? I, I know the answer actually is yes, but it's like, why don't we work on an eight wick candle? Why are we, why a talk show, why a talk show? And then I'm like, by the end of the season, is it going to be like Jimmy Fallon of like Dr. Wendy? And she comes out and does like a monologue. I don't know. And also she was trying to think of names for her new talk show. And I think she came up with like, Sipping wine with Wendy. What about just Dr. Wendy? What about Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, Dr. Wendy? It's so simple and it's so easy. Why are we even quite? This is what we should call it 100% Dr. Wendy, period. 
Dr. Wendy, but it was a slow start. NECA, we we got introduced to the new character, NECA, and it seems like she's already, there's some stuff already brewing between her and Dr. Wendy because of Ashley Darby. You have Giselle. She's in love potentially with this, the, the, the guy from Winterhouse, this Jason Cameron who has abs. Good for her. And this Robin, man, I feel like it's kind of like a lot of the cast of Sister Wives. We've just got to give up and just let God take the wheel on this because we can't make Robin care about her marriage. We can't make Robin care. Like you could literally show proof of Juan doing the worst thing imaginable. And she'd be like, that's not my business. <laughs> I love Robin, but even her tagline is what if she's like, the DNA came back inclusive. I 100% don't care. That's a pretty definitive statement for a housewife tagline of like, I don't care, folks. And it really does read in scenes where you'll have Juan going like, I don't know, get mad, get mad, Robin. I don't know, what do you want? I don't care what other people think. There's only so many times we can hear this. And I just think we gotta be like, well, have fun with that. I wash my hands of that. But it does make Robin weaker in group group arguments or when she has an opinion about another housewife because you're like, you don't even care something about your own life. It's wild. I don't know why I'm this passionate. I'm sorry. Um, then I dipped into sister wives, the sister wives, you guys, I've talked about this a couple times now on my Monday episodes. Cause I usually, it's one of those shows I'll usually end my Sunday with because I'm a huge fan of polygamy. I love, no, it's, it's, uh, like I said, each episode, it really, it's just polygamy doesn't seem to be the way it doesn't seem to be very successful. I mean, you think divorce in regular marriage is bad. This, I mean, this, this Cody can only keep one woman at this point. I mean, you got Mary wanting to stay in the relationship and he literally tells her every episode. It's like Groundhog's Day where he's like, Mary, I literally do not want to touch you ever again in any kind of romantic way. And she'll be like, oh, I'm staying with this. I'm sticking it out to the end. And you're like, Mary, this is the end. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, so what the deal is, you guys, if you, you know, Sister Wives, obviously, 
this guy had four wives and they all just kind of been knocked down like dominoes and he's with the final wife even though the final wife doesn't even she keeps saying she doesn't want to be the final wife but robin you know robin is the supreme but i mean also i don't think most of these women want really anything to do with him at this point christine escaped janelle is the one janelle like it, the marriage is ended, but she keeps saying like, I'm spiritually still married to Cody. And I'm like, well then let me spiritually divorce you. Get out. Like, but she's like, I don't want to do the apps. I'm like, nobody even needs you to do the apps. Just don't. Oh, this guy, guys, Cody last week, he like went over to their apartment and, and you know, sad sack Cody. He was like, Oh, it's like, I'm not wanted here. No shit. You treated these women like they weren't wanted in their relationship. And now you're bumming out because she's in a two bedroom, two bathroom, and you don't feel like there's space for you and that you're not invited. Hell yeah. You're not invited. It is so weird. He plays mopey, sad bastard every episode of like they're coming for me they're they're just coming for me i'm losing the tendrils of my hair my glorious rock star hair i just don't even know but this it is getting a little in the weeds where i feel like we're getting repeated or like it's like not nothing's changing so we're getting a lot of the same now next week supposedly is another conversation where he tells uh where he tells mary that he 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 doesn't want anything to do with her but i was like haven't we seen this episode every episode this season? But this is the episode where Robin, who he's still with, is like, oh, I pictured me growing old on a porch with my sister wives. I'm like, really? That was your dream? Like, I I mean, dare to dream, folks. But, you know, if you're yeah, it just seems like such a, a very specific dream that obviously is not going to happen now. And just be thankful. Be thankful it's not going to happen. It is the weirdest show, folks. I mean, Welcome to Plathville on TLC is also a very weird show that I'm completely invested in, but my God. A, a couple other things that I've been watching, the, if you don't mind me talking to you guys about, uh, The Golden Bachelor on ABC. Now, this Gary guy, I've talked about it a couple of times. I love this Gary. Gary seems like the perfect older man, so much so that I'm like, is this a plant? You know, they always talk about record industry plants. Is Gary a bachelor plant? Because he seems so perfect. He's sensitive. He's like, I'm Gary. I'm Gary. And I, I love, oh gosh, I love, I love, I want to be a part of your family. I love you. And like, even when he was at the woman, the women tell all episode this, by the way, I cry one to two times every golden bachelor episode. Cause it gets me so emotional. Because all of these women and Garrett, these women are like, you don't understand. Like at a certain age, we're not seen the same way when we were younger. Like, you know, society has said sometimes we don't have anything to offer. And it's amazing to watch these in a very real way. They say this, but it's an amazing to watch them kind of realize, no, God, this is not the end. This is not that I, I always think about my dad about this, just, you know, with what he is going through right now, you know, with the loss of my mom. And I was talking to my sister and we were just, you know, it's like, you have to leave space for him to grieve. You know, you can't grieve for somebody else. You can't tell somebody how they feel and you can't grieve for them. All you can do is like help them be there if they need, you know, you to listen to them, but you can't, you know, you've got to let people go through what they're going to go through, even if you're worried or it hurts them. And that kills me because you're like, I want things like I was that person always. And I still am to a degree that I would, I like being able to like go to bed without issues. I like that. You know, sometimes, you know, it would drive me crazy. Like I, I, you know, I don't like, I don't know. Anyways, you know, with my dad, I always just think like, I try to suggest I, you know, I said like, Hey, you know, if 
you believe that you're going to see my mom in the afterlife, that you're going to be back together at some point, which by the way, uh, sent pictures. They finally got the, um, the little head, not the headstone, but the, the engravement, the the fucking, I don't know, the the fucking sign you put up on the, she, she was cremated, but there's like a little slip for the cremation thing at this, uh, this burial place. I'm screwed. Cemetery. God. Uh, they finally finished the, uh, the little plaque and, uh, my dad sent it to me and it was, it was interesting because it has my dad's name, you know, it's like the year. And then obviously the, you know, the other year is open-ended, but then it has my mom and it, it, it's very beautiful and I can't wait to see it and uh, do a podcast in front of it. <laughs> no, I can't wait. But if you believe that, you know, and if that is a strong belief for you, um, that you should uh, consider this free time, bonus time. You know, is that go out, like do whatever it is your heart desires when you are ready for it, when you are ready for it. I know that time is not now, but like do all of those things that mom didn't want you to do. You know, I don't mean like smoke in the house, but, you know, get a dog, get, uh, you know, get, do whatever it is. This is bonus time. You know, you are loved. You have a good family that loves you. And I, I really hope, I mean, I hope that for my whole family, but I really, and I hope you guys don't mind when I talk about this. Um, but it is something that I think about a lot. I think about a lot. And I, I hope, I hope and pray that, that, that will happen for him. And, and not that there's excitement in it. Cause I don't mean that, but just realize that this is free time that, that you can make whatever you want out of this. And, and he is such a good person and he really does help people and, and make people laugh and has a great group of friends around him, but it is hard because it's one of those things where you want to take care of him and he doesn't need taken care of, but you want to be there and realize that you can't be there. And, and, and sometimes that you're impeding uh, somebody's progress. I don't know. It's something I've been thinking about a lot, a lot lately. Um, I don't know. It's still one of those confusing things that I, you know, it is interesting. It's been a couple months now and you're just, you know, it's interesting. The new feelings that happen. I did you guys on Friday when I was, in and out of slumber, uh, while I was watching TV, I, I finally did dream about my mom. Like I'd always said, I wanted to dream about my mom and this was a dream and she looked beautiful. You guys, we were sitting on like, a um, like a water fountain, like a, like a cement water fountain. I think it might've been the Groves water fountain, this big mall in Los Angeles. Cause I remember going there with my mom, um, pre pandemic, we went there and had a nice dinner. And I remember that. And I think it was that cement around the fountain. And I remember talking to her and she was so happy, but I had to remind her, I had to, <laughs> this is upside, I had to remind her she died. Like I didn't, I hated to bring the situation down, but I was like, Hey, um, you seem so happy. I just want to, just want to remind you, you died. Like, I was like, you, you're not, you know, and, and she seemed okay with it. She seemed totally okay with it, but it wasn't, it was nice. It was nice overall. And I woke up being really thankful to have seen her in that way, because I was complaining that I hadn't. And the one time I did, it was kind of scary. Uh, it was, it was not good. It was not, it was like a very scary dream. So this was really nice. And I, I really needed that on Friday. So that was, that was great. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things I think about. So I, I, you know, this freedom is that you want people, this, this Gary from the bachelor, the golden bachelor. I was so I was saddened in the best way watching it, hearing these women's stories and even hearing Gary's story because Gary lost his wife, this lady, Tony, and they'd been married for so long 
but I, he's just so perfect. Like he's so perfect that I just, he just seems like such a gentleman. He has a light. I have a light voice. I'm Carrie. I have a light voice. And he wears a hearing aid, but he seems cool. And he met, and I'm like, I don't want no more normal age bachelor. I want old bachelor all the time. I love the golden bachelor. I, the old bachelor is the way to go. So I highly recommend the golden bachelor. The final episode, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think, is it next week? Is it this, is this this upcoming week? I don't know. Yeah. I think the final episode is this Thursday, but I, I love that show so much. If you guys are not on board, you got to get on board, but I'm wondering if they're going to do the golden bachelorette. Have you been wondering that if you watch it, like which lady from this group of ladies they're going to talk about also these ladies are hysterical. Like they're in the, the bachelor house and they did a montage on the women tell all where they just all have wild flatulence. They're all just farting up a storm over this lady's guacamole. Like it was, I, I don't know, for some reason I'm able to enjoy that show so much more than I am bachelor in paradise or the bachelor franchise. So that I highly recommend. Welcome to Plathville. I said, I recommend. And then you got Real Housewives of Miami. If you are not watching Real Housewives of Miami or you haven't in the past, start. It is so good. It's so vibrant. The colors, but I was even watching like the first six minutes of next week's episode and Larza at the end, like Gertie is going through breast cancer and Gertie opens up to Larza or Larva Pippin and says like, I, you know, Larza, I have, I have breast cancer. And Lars is like, huh? What? How do you know? Like, was the completely wrong reaction, the kind of reaction where I was like slack jawed watching it. But this show, I think it is just so good. It is what I want Housewives to be. If you watch Real Housewives of Miami, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Alexia, Adriana. I mean, Adriana, what a, what a wild character. I love these ladies. And I, I thought when they rebooted Real Housewives of Miami, I was like, I don't know. And I didn't watch the initial series. And then I did over uh pandemic, but it's great. And the new one is great. I mean, you got Julia, you got Dr. Nicole. I mean, these women are so vibrant. So I, I, I don't know. I just highly recommend Real Housewives of Miami. If you are not watching it, start, start watching it. Um, a couple of other things that I have not been able to watch that I do want to watch, but I want to, want to, say it would just because this man means a great deal to me is you guys know the filmmaker albert brooks he directed defending your life uh modern times lost in america uh mother he's also a prolific actor being in taxi driver um uh drive with ryan gosling he played, played a bad guy disney movie well anyways there's a new documentary directed by Rob Reiner, who's an amazing director actor himself, called Albert Albert Brooks Defending My Life, an HBO original that started that premiered November 11th on Friday, and I cannot wait to watch this. I just did not have time, but Albert Brooks, you guys, Defending Your Life. If you haven't seen it, it's him and Meryl Streep. He wrote and directed it, but it's basically, and this is, you know, it's it's about um, not purgatory, but it's basically you die and then you go to this place. Uh, where you have to defend your life. You actually get represented by a lawyer and they take three instances, good instances from your life to say why you should move on to heaven. And then there's a defense saying this is why he shouldn't go to the next level of heaven and you have to defend your life. But it's this amazing, I just think it holds up. It's a beautiful Meryl Streep, 
kicks ass. You know, he ends up finding love in this place, in this purgatory place where he's having to defend his life. But I remember seeing this for the first time when I was a kid, and I even remembered loving it. But Albert Brooks, I just think, is one of the funniest guys out there, and I don't think he nearly got his due in terms of I wish more people knew about him because I just think, oh, God. And also, you guys, there's a movie called Broadcast News. He didn't direct it, but he stars in it with Holly Hunter and William Hurt. And it is very uh, it is very close to my heart because he plays this uh, reporter, Aaron, that is one of the best reporters out there, but he's not good on TV. And he finally gets the the chance to like to host NBC Nightly News as a fill-in. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he does it, and he gets flop sweats. And like, I'm talking like, but it's Ryan Bailey sweat. It's the sweat that I get when I'm nervous. And he literally is just like, oh my God. Like they're having to towel him off during commercial breaks. It is one of the funniest scenes. This was, uh, this movie is directed by James L. Brooks, the guy who did Terms of Endearment, um, uh, As Good As It Gets, amazing director, but I highly recommend broadcast news as well. But Albert Brooks was always that guy where I'm like, that is so me. Just how he operates is so me. The way he thinks is so me. And I think that's so important for us to recognize ourselves. I mean, that's what we talk about with representation, right? And I mean, I know for me, straight white males, we've been represented till the cows come home. But for like an insecure white male, like I didn't have, you know, everybody was so confident on television. Everybody knew, everybody seemed like they knew the way to go, the cool guy. And Albert Brooks was the antithesis of the cool guy. But I remember loving him so much that I just, it made him cool to me. I loved it so much. So I cannot wait to watch this documentary. I just want to watch it when I can enjoy it and I don't have to like go to work. Um, So I, I can't wait to watch that. I just wanted to make you aware of that. Also, I'm listening or I just finished John Stamos's autobiography. If you would have told me, I listened to the audiobook and I thought it was great. John Stamos, Shockingly, has had not shockingly, he has had an amazing career. But shockingly, the the amount of people he's friends with, like he was, he buddied up with like Don Rickles, like Howard Stern. He plays drums with the Beach Boys. He's had a really interesting life on top of Full House and stuff. But it talks about the loss of one of his best friends, Bob Saget. The loss. So I, I just thought it was really beautiful. John Stamos now is a dream interview for me. If anybody knows John Stamos, I would love to interview John Stamos. Um, but it was, there's so much good stuff out there. And yeah, of course, I guess you got to go hang out with your friends and stuff, but I just wanted to, to bring that stuff up. Also, Dua Lipa has a new song out called Houdini. I really like this song. Love Dua Lipa. Um, and Houdini, you guys, is produced by Kevin Parker. And if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, I get it. But he is the brains behind one of my favorite bands, Tame Impala. And there's a little bit of a psychedelic feel with anything that he does. So you can tell in the song Houdini. And I guess he produces a lot of tracks on Dua Lipa's new album. But I'm really excited about that because he is just one of my favorite musicians musicians out there. I truly think he is very special and one to watch. Um Okay, also Tinsley Mortimer, you guys, supposedly got married in Florida on Saturday night. I'm still waiting to see pictures of this, but Tinsley got married. I'm so happy for Dale, her mother. I mean, I, God, you guys remember how good that scene is with Dale and Tinsley crying over her frozen eggs. I'm like, they're my babies. And Dale was just as crying as much as Tinsley. Classic housewife scene from Real Housewives of New York. But Leah McSweeney, Re- one of the, the Vanity Fair reality reckoning subjects, she was there. But I'm I'm excited to hear all about this wedding. I root for Tinsley, so I'm happy that uh, I hope she's happy. And it, I'm sure it was an amazingly 
beautiful wedding. So I'm waiting for the people exclusive or or something like that. Uh, Cause I think I, I need those pictures. I just need them because last, you know, the last thing that didn't come to fruition in a marriage, but an engagement was with Scott, the Chicago coupon King. Remember that, that guy, what a, what a weird thing. Also, I want to give a shout out to Watermelon. Watermelon is the uh, nickname we call my nephew on the podcast. His actual name is Connor, but he was on the second episode of So Bad It's Good. Like he used to be on So Bad It's Good back in the day. And then his parents didn't let him uh, for a long time because of the language I use, which I totally is. is I agree with that. But uh, I wanted to congratulate uh, Watermelon because he got his first job. He is 16 years old, you guys. He got his first job. He had his first day on Saturday and my sister sent me a, um, uh, a photo of him in uniform, you know, well, and he's an assassin, you know, and I didn't even know they hired assassins that young, but he's doing really, no, he, uh, I'm not going to say what he does, but he is in uniform and, uh, it, I was so proud because this kid has gone through so much and he has made so many amazing, I mean, just, I'm so proud of this guy, but it was so funny because I was on a text thread and. I was just like, man, he looks really happy. I was like, but you know, remember that first day, you guys, when you first, you know, you were so excited, like get the freedom of having a job, a little walking around money, or you thought your whole life was going to change. And then you realize it was like, you know, you're really signing up for a life of, you know, subservience of serving somebody else and like how shitty jobs really are. And I just thought like this big smile on his face. I'm like, man, wait till. Wait till that gets beaten out of him. That's going to get old real quick. But I remember that first job, like working at a movie theater. I'm like, oh my God. Just I worked at a Blockbuster video. There used to be video stores, kids. It was horrible. I mean, it was amazing, but you know, you can't even imagine now with streaming. But I just thought that that the first day of somebody's employment and being excited about it and just seeing like, man, you've got a long road ahead of you, buddy. Welcome to the workforce. So congratulations to Watermelon. We love you. Um, I also wanted to leave you with this before we get into Sophie Ross, which actually is a super fun interview. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, I was trying to look up some things to inspire me tonight. Uh, I was just looking up inspirational phrases and it's like when I, I always joke about this cause I, you know, was out here acting and working in an acting studio for so long. And I always joke that actors saw more inspirational phrases by the time that they were 30 than most people see, see their entire lives because actors, it's a shit. It's like a, it's a really brutal profession in terms of trying to get work, trying to go out there and get an audition, get a job, you know, not even a job, a job's like, you're not even in your purview. You just want to get that audition, but it's impossible. So we'd all like pass around inspirational phrases of like, it's a marathon, not a sprint go in the way that the water is flowing. All of this bullshit that you have to like, you know, just kind of gives you a little bit of a push to keep in that game. Well, I was back trying to look at inspirational phrases tonight, and here's a couple that stood out to me. I don't know if you can do anything with these, but I was these kind of stuck with me. Um, this is from Viola Davis, the actor. All dreams are within reach. All you have to do is keep moving towards them. And I thought, that's nice, right? Just a reminder of constant movement. Never settle. Just keep moving towards that dream. That's a good one. Okay, here's another one. This is from Charles Dickens, the great author. The sun himself is weak when he first rises and gathers strength and courage as the day gets on. Now, I don't agree with Charles Dickens gendering the sun. I mean, the sun could be a woman. The sun could be non-binary. The sun could be really anything. 
But the sun, I love that though. The sun, when it rises, it is weak. It gets stronger over the day. And so do you. That kind of got me excited. And then this was uh, Winston Churchill, uh, the, the, the great Brit, uh, said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So that's great. Success is not final. So remember that even when you're your highest highs. But failure is not fatal. You can always come back. You can always, there is a new day. But the courage to continue, that's what counts. The courage to actually keep moving, that actually stood with me. So I don't know if that stood with you, but it it, it made me feel good. And then lastly, I know this is getting a little deep for a funny pop culture show, but I read this tonight and it kind of it got me excited, but I think it applies to everything. Now, Kurt Vonnegut, you know, the, the famous author, Kurt Vonnegut, he... These are his eight rules for writing, but I think it applies to everything. One, use the time of a total stranger in such a way that he or she will not feel that time was wasted. And I think that's amazing to always remember to try to add value in some way. Um, Two, give the reader at least one character he or she can root for. And that's so true, right? We want to root for people. We do like to root against people, but we really love to root. Like I was just talking about, uh, Golden Bachelor Gary. I root for that guy. Three, every character should want something, even if it is only a glass of water. Remember that we all want something. We're all striving for something. It can be basic, but we all want something. We all have to assume that everybody wants something. Four, every sentence must do one of two things, reveal character or advance the action. I talk about it in terms of reality shows a lot is how are we moving the story forward? Is it a filler scene? Does it feel fake? How do we advance the action? How do we piece these shows together where it actually leads to something that is amazing and fun to watch? Five, start as close to the end as possible. In that night, start as close to the end as possible. That's something that's going to dance around in my head for the rest of the week because that can mean so many things, but start as close to the end as possible. Six, be a sadist. No matter how sweet and innocent your leading characters, make awful things happen to them in order that the reader may see what they are made of. And I think that's amazing. But also remember that our personal journeys, that's so true, is that horrible things happen to all of us. Horrible things happen to all of us, but only in those horrible things do we actually find our strength. Do we actually find how we respond to this, how we move through this? Do we let it take us down? And how long does that happen? We can always move forward. I love that one. Seven, write to please just one person. If you open a window and make love to the world, so to speak, your story will get pneumonia. And that's important. And I always think about that of like, oh man, I would love this show to be loved by everybody. But no, no. I like that it's just us. Like this, that's what it has to be. Is this is how I'm talking? I, I'm not, I can only be myself. You know, there's all about trying to be better, trying to be better, but it's just trying to distill what my actual voice is and what your actual voice is. How do we how do we continually move that forward and also be okay with not being loved by everybody, with realizing we are potentially not for everybody. And that's not a negative thing. And eight, give your readers as much information as possible as soon as possible. To hell with suspense. Readers should have such complete understanding of what is going on, where and why, that they could finish the story themselves should cockroaches eat the last few pages. And that's what we want to do, right? In life is we want to ignite people's imaginations where they get so excited by something that you're telling them or something that you're sharing with them that they put their own personal experience in it. They finish the story for themselves sometimes. And I think that is so exciting, right? 
You can look at that with life. You can look at that with these reality shows, with anything. But we want to ignite people's imaginations. We want to build passion and excitement. And I think that's what I try to do here, build my own passion and excitement. And hopefully you guys are coming along for the ride. So without further ado, what a day. Have a great week. We're here live all week. We're going to get silly, stupid. There's going to be some good interviews. Come back every day. Leave us a five-star review. And I really, really appreciate you guys. And I will talk to you very soon. Here she is, Sophie Ross. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them? on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, welcome to an all new episode. We're back to normal, folks. Finally, this is your pop culture roundup for the week. Let's provide you with some laugh and possibly some things to uh, talk about and watch this week. We have her back. I've missed talking to her. I feel like it's been a month, but it's only been two weeks because we had the BravoCon experience. And also, Sophie became a new mom uh, this last couple of weeks. So without further ado, Sophie Ross, welcome back to the show. Hi, I know I missed you and BravoCon looked amazing, sounded amazing. Um, but yeah, I've just been in like dog mommy world. I'm a yeah. boy mom now. So like <laughs> so you have like can we meet this new celebrity? This is yes. this is like Courtney Kardashian giving birth with Travis Barker. Meet Rocky. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is the art, this is Raquel. Here. Oh my God. She's going to get the dog folks. She's going, if you are watching this on YouTube, she's going to get the dog right now. But for those people listening, we will describe the dog in great length. To start Brian, off. The Brian, I literally, oh my gosh. This is Dexter, and you may have just heard me scream in the background because I almost just tripped and fell into his crate. Classic his dog crate. mom. Hi. Oh mom. my God. You're be- so what, what kind of mix is this? He's on a mix. He's a he's the real thing. He's, he's the real. Oh my he's god! A mini is, Baxter, are you enjoying your life so far? He's loving it. I think he's loving. Is he loving yeah. all the sports you're playing in the background? Yeah, <laughs> the bros. My boyfriend has a, some bros over. Oh, wow. so Baxter is really growing out Baxter, right now. Baxter is one of the boys. Baxter's like, let yeah. me hang out with the dudes, mom, yeah. please. There you go. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you over the moon? Has there been any accidents inside the house yet? Oh, there have been lots of accidents. Lots. Do you, do you have to like, get like, do you have to I mean, like punish like, Baxter? He's, a, he's just like a puppy. Like he's a baby. He doesn't know any better. So it's just, you know, like. It's exhausting and it's like messy, but that's like being a boy mom, you know? That's what that's what being a mom's all about. Is is he uh is is like he's scared? Like how long did it take for him to get used to you guys? 
I feel like he he was definitely scared when we first brought him home. But now he's like, this is my home. You guys are my mom and dad. Um, so, yeah, he's a brave little boy. He's been doing a does great he, job. Does he want to go to college? Like, what are his hopes and dreams? Like, is there... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, in this wait, wait, economy, is he, is he in this economy I don't think so. Is he sleeping in the bed yet or are you still crate no, training? Guys, if you are like thinking about getting a puppy or have a puppy, I did not know like what the big deal was with trait craning or trait crate cr- training. Crate training. <laughs> She's going on zero sleep, you guys. Motherhood's a full-time am. job. I'm, I'm so freaking sleep deprived, but everyone was like, you need to crate train. And I was like, I don't know like why it matters. Like what's the big deal with this crate? It's amazing. It's amazing because he just goes in there for sleep. It's his little safe space. He loves it. No accidents because it's this like small little area. He lets you know when he has to go to the bathroom. And um, whenever we leave the apartment, which is like not frequently because it's only been like two weeks, but he's great and it's great. See, this is, I I can't believe like we, when, with my ex, when we got Brooklyn, the first night we said we were going to do, we got the crate and then immediately she slept with us every night from then. I know. That's what what a lot of people have said. They're like, oh, we failed. Like they just ended up sleeping in our bed, like right away. Um, And I could see ourselves doing that had we not waited it out because the first like two nights are the worst, but Great training. It lives up to the you, hype, you guys. Lives you guys up are so responsible. That's wild. I really <laughs> am shocked. Congratulations on that. That's huge. So, so, okay. So motherhood's amazing so far. Uh, also, I did. I almost texted you last night because I went to a sports game. I went to a sports I know, game I last saw. night. Like, what I went was to a, that? So I went to the, I, you know, the Harvard of the West, Arizona State University, and the Sun Devils were playing UCLA, which is another college I found out. And they were playing at the Rose Bowl. And I guess my friends, my guy friends that are all into sports were trying to explain why it was a big deal. I guess the Pac-12, there's some Pac-12 that's getting completely obliterated in college football. Like they're tearing it apart. So it's the last time that Arizona State University will be out here. Now, I used to go to these ASU games at the Rose Bowl like 15 years ago. We would all get like a party bus. And so this was like the last hurrah. And they talked me into going. But I went to the Rose Bowl and saw this sports game and did a little tailgate. But we're all, it was so sad. Like we're all getting older. Everybody like has kids. It was just so different than it was 15 years ago. But it was really exciting. We got like really close seats. ASU has a two and seven record, but we actually beat UCLA last night. I'm exhausted. I don't know how you sports Whoa. fans do it. How do you sports oh fans God. do it? I just saw the Bengals lost. And. Oh but 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 they still have a winning you know season. I'm in a bad mood then. I'm gonna be yeah. pissed off <laughs> for the next hour. I Fuck was talking, you, Ryan. Fuck you. I was talking to my buddy that's from Cincinnati who was there last night, and I said, "Oh, my co-host has uh, kind of a little thing for Joe Burrow," and he goes, "Don't we all?" And I was yeah, like, like, "Everyone does. Like literally yeah, everyone calm does." Down. But <laughs> no, sports is pretty exciting. It, it sucks that we lost, but you know. Season's not over. I actually was in a Twitter spat with someone today. About the Bengals? This person is on Bengals Twitter, like a Bengals fan, but they are admittedly only a fan since 2020 because they were an LSU fan, which is where Joe Burrow played. So they're only a fan of Joe Burrow, really, and became a Bengals fan since then. And he's always tweeting like, season's over, guys. That's it. Our season's over. And I'm like, (laughs) you are such a fucking bandwagon fan. Like, shut up. Like, you've only been a fan for three years. Like... Don't speak 
for us. Like the bingo yeah. season is not over. Like we haven't lost hope. So well, it, it's it, that's exactly me with Vanderpump Rules. I stayed around season eight, season nine, and then season ten blew it out of the water. Exactly. But I stayed. I stayed with that exactly. show. We're not fair weather fans of Vanderpump. <laughs> of Real Southern Housewives Charm. of Beverly Hills, Southern Charm. Yeah, we, Southern Charm Ryan, are having an amazing season. I know. When Ryan at the beginning was like, what shows are you watching? And I was like, uh, the first thing I thought of was like Southern Charm. And then I was like, That's, otherwise, like what shows am I? Well, watching? did you watch Beverly Hills? Yes. I have like 20 minutes left of the most recent episode of Beverly Hills. Okay. So you um, got past the part of Sutton being upset that they didn't bump and grind on her at the strip club. Yeah, because she's on the the America's Board of Ballet or whatever. I'm on the American Ballet Federation. How dare yeah. you try to hump me? Yeah, but, exactly. But I, I thought it was secretly kind of sweet because you could tell she wanted to get humped on and she didn't. And it just goes to show you, no matter if you're on the ballet company like bored, you still sometimes don't get everything that you want in life. And for me, that was, I felt bad for Sutton. No. Yeah. I think that deep down it was because she wanted to be selected to go on stage. I, yes. Um, I don't think that her being on the American ballet association board or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't think that had to, that seemed very out of left field for Sutton. So I'm not buying that. I think that she just didn't want to admit that she wanted to get humped. She wanted her face in the crotch. Yes, dude. Well, that's what I was like. We kind of missed out. Like, I really wish they would have pulled her up at some point because we now have missed that scene of like, imagine Sutton, like, would she have gone along with it? Of like, yeah, get on in there. I say, I say, get on mama's lap. Like Sutton is probably like extremely horny. Like Sutton yeah. is horny of all of them. I know that we do have like a few. We have Garcelle. Who else is single on the cast? Uh, I mean, Erica J. I mean, I think Erica, Erica Jane has Jane. a couple. Like things. we actually have maybe like the most single housewives. I like, mean, Kyle's in a long-term relationship. Kyle's, like, Morgan, I guess. Morgan Wade. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no. Depending on who you ask. Maybe Dorit, depending on who you ask. Um, but Sutton's definitely the horniest for sure. Well, I mean, that would be great if the American Ballet Company did have an emergency meeting that next day. And they're like, oh, my God, we just got word Sutton was hooking it, slutting it up at Magic Mike's in Vegas. Like, I don't even think it would have been on their radar at all. No, it wouldn't. Of course it wouldn't have. What, they're going to put out an Instagram statement? Yeah, <laughs> this is not what the American Ballet Company is all about. This is not the kind of dancing we do here at the American Ballet Association. Um <laughs> Did you see Erica Jane, though? Like, it's still haunting me. Her face when she's getting humped on, she was like, "Ah." she was like suckling this man. It was weird. Oh, my God. Stop. It's disgusting. But yeah, it was way too serious. But I love I love the ridiculousness of it. I thought that was so funny to have a fight about wearing pants to Magic Mike just so you could get humped on and then bringing all those dollar bills and then not actually being pulled up on stage. Was the pants? The pants was about being able to have dollar bills in your pockets and being able to spread your legs on stage. I well, So Erica Jane warned said, everybody's got to wear pants if you want to get up on stage. So my thought is, and I don't know, my thought is, yeah, like if you're wearing a skirt, there's a chance one of the Magic Mike guys might accidentally, there might be bits and pieces touching. Or maybe, you know, like there's, I think it's just more enclosed space with pants. It's like safer. It's an HR issue. The bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. HR issue for sure. 
For and sure. then Sutton was in the bathroom because she stayed with Garcelle. She's like, Garcelle, um, do you? I, I have a lot of vi- vibrators, and but sometimes I think if you use it too much, it can mess up your uh, clitoris. Like she was like, she's like, it can mangle you down there. And I was like, this is wild. Sutton really is the horniest one on this group. Oh, a hundred percent. So yeah, I think the issue was that Sutton was just like extremely horny. And then what? What happened? And like, what did I miss in like the towards the end of the episode? trying to think towards the end of the episode so like vegas they go to dinner and then they go back to the hotel room and then the next morning kyle gets up at like 5 30 a.m to work out because she's not drinking and she's eating right and she takes her birkin down to the gym and erica jane was like did you see kyle she took a birkin it was crazy and then they got into a conversation dorit and garcelle that Garcelle was very honest and said, sometimes I don't want to share about my family with you guys because of situations that have happened here in the past. I don't trust you. And Dorit was like, how dare you? It was really like, cause I can pl- completely understand Garcelle after last season with Rinna and Erica Jane. Right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Like they do hold things against you on this cast. Weaponize things against you. That's extremely understandable. Also, can we talk about, um, Dorit taking out $10,000 in cash for Christmas, Christmas gifts or holiday gifts, Christmas gift shopping at a place that uses shopping carts. That that's, I don't understand. Like, I think I've like, you, you've heard of credit cards. Like credit cards are a thing that exists. Like why, like why now choose to use cash on somebody like something like, unless it's like drugs or something like, why would you ever pull out right. that much cash when you can easily use credit cards or just right. shoplift like normal people? That like really confused me. And really like my like shadar, shady radar was like perked up in that moment. I was like, that's, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. If you are rich, especially as Dorit purports herself to be, you're using a credit card. You're getting the points. Like what? Unless people, people were saying, oh, like, you know, maybe she was like giving cash to like her, you know, the people that work around her house or you could be like giving cash to like family members in, you know, a card, which is like what some people do for Christmas or Hanukkah. Like, (laughs) We took out $10,000 because PK needed to pay boy George this month. But she, yeah. But she was like shopping somewhere that had, like at Target. Like, yeah, and she, she said she didn't even note it. Like they had took it out of her bag. My thing is like, is it the same burglars that are just think she's an easy target? And now they just follow her everywhere she goes and she keeps making mistakes like this. The same burglars that like, what did they do with her phone? They like left her phone. They left it. And then they're like, she was like, please leave my phone. I have kids. And they left it. And then they said, don't come out here and pick it up for like a couple minutes. She always has like, honestly, like the best experiences with robbers. Uh, like they really, uh, they're I mean, really I try nice to be empathetic her. about this, but I think after you have that, you know, experience where you're experiencing putsta. PTSD, that you have to, <laughs> if you're experiencing putsta, you can't then... Like, just say, you know what? I'm not going to, like, Kim Kardashian after the Paris robbery. She stopped wearing those jewels uh, in photos, supposedly, because she didn't want to, like, show people what she had with her. And I think the same thing about Dorit. I think it was Samantha Bush, Bravo historian, that said, like, oh, and she's like, she didn't bring glam on the Vegas trip. She didn't bring, and and Sam yes. was saying, oh, I bet, I bet the money is, like, gone, gone. Like, the money is dried up. That's, yeah, I think it was Sam that said that. And, yeah, that that tracks. And also with, you know, 
what is going on with like their marriage? Well, What's she said at BravoCon, she was like, we're working things out. We're good. We're good. It was like a weird Beverly Hills panel with Kyle immediately started crying about Mauricio. She was asked about Morgan Wade and, and Dorit was even trying to explain like that. She's like, it was weird, Kyle. Will you shot this music video? Like they released the music video, but they shot it like a long time before they released it. So they were saying it was just weird. The timing that it got released. How would people not think something was going on with them? And I thought that was, I, I will say the Beverly Hills panel was kind of underwhelming and it seemed like, it seems like all these ladies are work acquaintances and they're very much like Kyle seems to like be going through whatever rumspring as she's going through and Dorit's like, they all seem to be on their own islands and they get along, but it's not like, I don't know. It's like watching the Potomac ladies. Like they all seem like, even if they don't like each other, they seem like they know each other intensely and they're like, it's like rapid fire in terms of conversation, but I don't know. I think they all have things to hide this season. And I think it makes it for an easily it's, it's it, cause I think we sense that what I wanted to ask of you, I saw this a lot online of, Oh, Erica Jane's killing it this season. And I'm like, no, she's just not being a gigantic ass munch. Like she was last season with Lisa Rinna. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, she's not amazing. It's just, she's not being a complete utter wackadoo. Like she was the last two seasons. I, I am finding her like, more likable this season and I never thought I would say that but she's definitely more likable and I think that she has finally learned you know like I feel like she has unlike Dorit after getting robbed you have to take a lesson away from your tribulations and I think that Erica after you know being fucking hated the past few seasons outside of you know maybe her her guiltiness when it comes to Tom Girardi's crimes. That aside, I think that she was just extremely unlikable the past two seasons. So I don't know. But by default, I think she's coming off better by just shutting her mouth. Like I just shut her mouth. Exactly. But I think it's all very calculated, including in the premiere. I think it was the premiere when she when they did that, you know, circle therapy thing. With Eagle Woman. Yeah, Eagle Woman. Yeah, and she like was crying and like apologizing (laughs) to everyone. I was like, I know that this is all like, and she's such a bad actress. Yeah, well, she's like, (laughs) do you notice when she does this, she's like completely still. She's like, yeah. I am so sorry for everything I did. And she has like tears like streaming down her face, he, but complete stillness. Stick. I know that she was the tear stick. Oh, I feel big like time because it's like the perfect tear that falls like yeah. this. And when we're really crying, we're like, <gasps> there's like snot involved. There's like, it's not controlled tears. Right. She um, was, yeah, it just came across as like acting to me. I just think it's all very calculated and that she is on purpose being more likable this season, which you can decide or not whether, you know, that's, you should have, well, I don't know. Like I, I will always, you know, have an issue with Erica Jane. I got up well this season. I got up early on last Sunday to see the Pat, the puss panel with Erica Jane and Mikey Minden, where they uh, showed us some of the patented Erica Jane moves that her and Mikey have collaborated on in a very successful last 15 years. But it was like, it took itself so seriously that I was, I was dying because he was like, yeah, me and Erica, when we were in Ibiza, we just have the patented Erica Jane head roll. And Erica would be like, yeah, I remember when we did that. It was very successful. Everybody loved it. And we saw the trailer for Bet It All on Blonde, the new Erica Jane docu-series. And it takes, it, it's like it's fucking cabaret or something. It's like five, six, seven, eight. And he's like, I need more out of you performers. And Erica's crying. Like, it seems so dramatic. 
Wait, that was an actual like panel. Well, I mean, it was like a panel where it was. Yeah. Listen, I don't, dude, I don't make good choices with my life. Like you don't, like I'm very. Ryan, for the first like 15 or so seconds, I thought that was like a bit. I thought that was an elaborate bit. But you were serious. Like that, no, that, was that was fully. By the way, I wonder how many things that are in my life that uh, people think are bits and they're actually completely true. You actually went to me, went to see Joey Gorga with me. People must think that's a bit, but that was completely true. No, that was real life. That was real life. Sorry, I'm like fixing my ring light. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get like a better. Okay. The I perfect. Think the perfect flow. Oh my God. That's so much better. Oh my God. I was like, why do I look, my face looks so like saggy right now. Just what are you talking about? Like, what are you? I don't even notice a saggy I face at all. Late. I also was late for the recording because I like picked a zit and it was like bleeding. And I was like, Ryan, I'm so sorry. Well, Just then I showed Sophie. I have a zit right here that I got from being, it was such an intense sports game that I think I got a zit on my nose last night. It was, it was so wild. intense. Like your stress levels, the hormones, like oh. you were just like, <sighs> pheromones just exploding everywhere at that sports arena or sports stadium, whatever the, anyways, I'm glad you said you watch Southern charm because I don't really cover Southern charm, but I think it's one of the most interesting seasons Southern charm has had in a oh, long it's time. So good. It's so good. You guys, it's, it's so good. It's like mellow, but at the same time, all the relationships are there in terms of like Shep and Olivia, uh, Austin and Taylor, sorry, Shep and Taylor, Olivia and Austin, uh, and then Craig with his conspiracy theories this week. And then JT and Rod. I mean, I think this is a winning formula. Craig's conspiracy theories when he was like, so how did the pyramids just show up? And, you know, like could have been, you know, the space people. I don't want to say aliens because that's derogatory. Um, he was like talking <laughs> about like space lasers and pyramids. And I'm like, so, where are we going with this? Where are we no, going with this? No, what I love about Craig, he's like really good looking. He really usually nails it in terms of personal relationships with his friends and how they've messed things up with their girls. But then it's like when he gets into the conspiracy theories, he's like, and always conspiracy theories, theorists, they're always like this where they say it so matter of factly and like, just like, uh, yeah, you guys know that they have weather, uh, weather weapons, right? You have, you know, they have things that control the weather, right? Like he says it a hundred percent serious. And then yeah. he's like, pandas aren't real. He's like the moon landing. He goes, you know what? It wasn't fake, but they were prepared for it to be fake. So that's why we, and he goes, we didn't get any footage up there. We didn't get any footage up on the moon. So we had to recreate the moon. Land. And he's saying this, there's no joke in his voice. Wait, there's like completely that, serious. That's not, wait, they didn't, they got footage on the moon. He's saying that they didn't because they t- they forgot to bring cameras. And so, that well, there's always been a rumor that Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing in a studio in Warner Brothers. Um, I, but I just, I've heard these, like, I've heard these, the all of Craig's conspiracy theories I've heard before. It's just so funny that Craig, and man, it makes me laugh to think about, like, Paige having to deal with Craig's conspiracy theories. Because I must just think Paige just must tune him out. Because I just like you could say a lot of things about Paige, but I don't fully believe Paige is full conspiracy theorist. Like that must really bother her about Craig potentially. No, definitely. Yeah. Like Paige, please like just cut him loose. Cut him loose. Like I'm telling you, they are going to be married and have a family and she is going to fight it every step of the way, but they will be together for the rest of their lives. I really, I, I'm not saying they're going to be happy, but I think cause Craig literally that conversation in this week's episode where he's like, I don't know, like I'm ready to have kids now. And Rod was like, well, I mean, do you, you know, 
you can't just have kids with somebody that you don't love. You love her immensely. And he's like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't, it's really yeah. wild. He's like, what do I do? Like leave the love of my life and like, <laughs> you know, find some random person to have a family with because that's how much I want a family. And it's like, well, <laughs> Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do for you, man. And then it's funny because he starts every day on the show with calling Paige from the bed. And Paige is always like, what's up, fart knocker? So funny that Craig and man, it makes me laugh to think about like Paige having to deal with Craig's conspiracy theories, because I must just think Paige just must tune him out because I just like you could say a lot of things about Paige, but I don't fully believe Paige is full conspiracy theorist. Like that must really bother her about Craig potentially. No, definitely. Yeah. Like Paige, please like just cut him loose. Cut him loose. Like I'm telling you, they are going to be married and have a family and she is going to fight it every step of the way, but they will be together for the rest of their lives. I really, I, I'm not saying they're going to be happy, but I think cause Craig literally that conversation in this week's episode where he's like, I don't know. Like I'm ready to have kids now. And Rod was like, well, I mean, do you, you know, you you can't just have kids with somebody that you don't love. You love her immensely. And he's like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I don't, it's really wild. He's like, what do I do? Like leave the love of my life and like, you know, (laughs) find some random person to have a family with because that's how much I want a family. And it's like, well, (laughs) Like, (laughs) I I don't know what to do for you, man. And then it's funny because he starts every day on the show with calling Paige from the bed. And Paige is always like, what's up, fart knocker? What's what's going on, bro? And he's like, ah, just sitting here. And then like she tell he tells her some kind of gossip. She likes it. And then he's like, "Okay, I got to go. Love you. Love you. It's like, by the way, it seems like a very real relationship in that sense. Like not everything's like not everything's Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift in Argentina, you know? Oh, my God. Oh my God. Wait. Okay. We can't talk about that yet. Cause I want to stick yeah. with Southern charm. Yes, please. Um, so also the part where Paige was like on the phone, it was perfectly timed when Olivia ran up to say that Shep and Taylor were in bed together. Yes. <laughs> you Paige was like, yes, this is the dirt I need. Um, but also it doesn't seem like they actually like had sex. I believe them. I, be- yeah. I believe them that they like actually were like fully clothed and just sleeping next to each other. Shep was in his full outfit, full outfit from the yeah. night before. Yeah. Like I actually believe that. So I don't think they had sex. They clearly might at some point during the season based on, was that what they showed in like the, the premiere, the preview for the season? Yeah. Was, was that the scene of them in bed together? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Yes. Cause I was thinking there, ha- there had to be a different one because it really did look like they had sex in the preview, but I guess not. Well, my theory is Shep potentially tried. And then at some point he probably blacked out. He was like, oh, I can't like, he got tired. Like oh, I bet God. he was like, it was probably close because the fact that they were even sharing that bed, at all is is wild and it shows you and it shows you how real that breakup is because i think to taylor like i think taylor obviously is super heartbroken so much so that she's not thinking straight she's sending like tasteful nudes to whitney she's like what like you can tell she is like fully heartbroken by this dude so you make really bad decisions and earlier that night had an amazing fight where Shep's like, don't fuck with me, Taylor. Do you enjoy it? Do you like poking the bear? And Taylor's like, do you like uh, cheating on me? And he goes, I mean, sometimes it was fun. And then she throws wine on him. And you can see Craig and Rod in the background going like, and they have their t- tinfoil hats on. And they're like, oh my God. Wait, like, it's crazy. That was insane. Also, Taylor, I mean, what did you expect? She clearly <laughs> wants camera time. 
by going to Shep's during this like boys weekend and where Olivia is going to be like, why are you going? Well, I mean, um, first off, it's filming. But second off, I think it's like like come uh, the, the Whitney text of like, come one, come all. It's like, yeah, I am still on the show and F you. I'm going to keep highlighting. And when Shep doesn't do right. himself any favors by saying sometimes it was fun to cheat on her, like that's like some bullshit like Hunter he S. Thompson. Care, though, about the ping about him losing ping pong. <laughs> Who knew that JT beating Shep and Ping Pong would lead to this? Oh my God! I t- so JT, I sent you a picture of at the Bravos. Yeah. They Mommy. had me seated. They had me seated very good. JT seemed like he was having the time of his life this weekend. And then I I DM'd with JT on Friday. I think he's going to come on the show after the reunion. And uh, but JT, I kind of like that he's not fully in the sh- like. I like that he calls how ridiculous Shep and Austin are. He might be ridiculous as well. Yeah, I'm I'm into JT, and I know a lot of people are like, "Ooh, he's so creepy." Which yes, but like <laughs> in like an innocent way so far. So like I'm into it. I'm into it. I talked to Olivia last weekend, and she said she will definitely never hook up with Austin again. Austin got a little but- flack. From her at the Southern Charm I saw, panel. I watched, I watched that clip. It was so good. Oh, dude. Him and Sandoval all weekend were like the powders. Like they were pouting the entire he's weekend. So, he's so manipulative. I will say, though, that I'm between the Shep and the Austin argument that came at the end of the episode. I'm team Austin in that scenario because Shep is literally just morphing into Jax. He's so that was his I'm the number one guy in this group moment where like yeah. he's just so fucking bitter and he's realizing he's aged out of his looks and being able to, you know, get this caliber of young women. And he's mad at himself that he really has no career or no family to show for himself. And he lashes out. It's like misplaced anger. I think he hates himself and he misplaces it at Austin because he's always been jealous of Austin, which I just think is so like the parallels between early seasons, Jack's early seasons. Yeah, that's great. And now in late seasons, Jack's. But Austin like should be looking at Shep as like the ghost of Christmas future is like, dude, this is where you're headed. And I will say this, like, like let's like Austin and Shep and Jack, like all those people, if you, are just hanging out with them and it has no girls involved. It's probably a pretty fun hang. You'll probably laugh. You'll probably get drunk. It'll probably be a good time. But if you got them involved with your sister or one of your girlfriends or one of this, like that shit, like I would hate, like, like it's just, they, they know the power they have and they've abused it so many times, just like a lot of men do, but Mm -hmm. being on Bravo has not helped. Like I saw like girls throwing themselves over at Sandoval like last weekend. So it's funny, but it's funny when they can't then step up to the plate and go, listen, at the end of the day, I just want to have sex with a bunch of women. And I'm, it's really hard. I don't think I can really be good in a relationship because it really is so tempting to have sex with people that want to have sex with you. I've never had this in my life and just be honest about it to that degree. But it's always excuses. Even back to the Madison, Madison, like it was always excuses instead of going, I just want to have sex with a bunch of people. And I do want a relationship, but I guess I can't have both because it seems like it hurts your feelings. Right, right. I mean, I also think that, you know, part of Shep, at least, is probably like, damn, like, I am alone in life. Like, I don't know. And sometimes he loves it. Sometimes he loves it. And then sometimes he gets sad. But I think I think that he is so angry at himself because he, you know, 
has nothing to show for himself being, you know, however old Shep is now, like 41 or something. I don't know. Not that that's old, but I feel like, you know, he really, his entire life for 40 years, all he did was get fucked up, do drugs, get sweaty and gross. (laughs) Drink out of drink out of milk cartons in the morning when you're hungover. Like he's just like an overgrown frat boy. And I think that he is at least somewhat self-aware enough to realize that he's disgusting. I don't know. That's I think I think that's I think that's probably becoming more cognizant for him. But at the same time, he's one of those guys. And this is always like there's a type of guy like, you know, and I've there's like elements of that with me, I guess, a little bit. But like that read the Anthony Bourdain that want to take a big bite out of life that go and like they'll do mushrooms and have like an amazing tripping experience. And they're seeing the sunrise and they just want to have these living moments. But then when it comes down to actually committing to somebody to a woman, that's the toughest part of them. And that's usually what will set you up for long term success, but they're always looking for this short-term success that they could eventually put in their book or their poetry book one day that they'll never write. But it's like, I'm an artist, I'm this. And I think sometimes with these men, especially on Southern Charm, they have these ideals about themselves. I just think this next part of their lives will be very interesting to watch because you can turn out to be a Thomas Ravenel or you could turn out to be maybe a Craig because he sincerely wants to settle down. It's just that Paige won't go on his timetable. Right. I feel like also Craig, Craig genuinely does want to get married and have kids like ASAP. Yes. And I also feel like he knows it's something that he could have over Shep and Austin, the perpetual bachelors who, oh my God, I can't get over that girls were throwing themselves at Sandoval at BravoCon. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about it's it. It's still somebody that's on TV imagine, and that's very exciting. going to BravoCon and you're like, I fuck Sandoval. And you're just like a Bravo <laughs> fan. Like, who would do that? Ew. I think, I, well, see, that I think a lot of people would do oh, that. Wait, you know what? Also, speaking of Sandoval, kind of. Winter House. I'm really into. I'm really Winter into House Winter is like House. like that easygoing show that's really easy to watch. And it's just, it's bare, it's light on drama, but it's just enough to keep you entertained. And you get to watch these people hitting on Jordan from uh, Summer House really? Martha's Vineyard. You get to watch Corey not fully like admit that he's in this relationship with Sam. And by the way, him and Sam were all over each other at Bravo. I sat next to, behind them at BravoCon and Corey kept trying to get me to go work out with him the next day at seven in the morning. He was hammered. I was like, dude, I'm fucking hammered. I'm going to no sleep. He's like, me too, bro. You can't do that. And Sam was like, yeah, go with them. And I'm like, Sam, what are you talking? I'm like, no. Dude, I was like, absolutely not. He's your boyfriend. I was like, he's absolutely he's- not. I can't believe Sam is still dating him after watching the season of Winter House because they were definitely exclusive. Like, well, Sam, was, well, Sam said they weren't exclusive. Sam said in his defense they were not exclusive yet. Oh they had God, not had a conversation like, no, about playing it. it. No, I don't believe that. Like they were like fully dating because this was in the winter after Summer House, right? Well, I think it is ballsy for somebody like I mean, it is ballsy when you have cameras on you. Like you have cameras on you and you're not telling the actual like like that's that's like a that's a choice. Like how do you not think that's gonna to come out if you're like lying on camera like it, that's what is very male ego bravo driven is that these guys will lie f- like tom sandoval talking about pins and batteries instead of just going hey i wanted to have sex with rachel like it's like why do you have to do a flimsy excuse like it's, oh this is being filmed yeah like, that's what, they never think they're like i mean they're always praying for like hopefully that'll wind up on the cutting room floor like i wonder what goes through their head because they I see know. the cameras also, like the Danielle and Alex from Below, 
<laughs> and after watching him try to go for Jordan in the jacuzzi when the weirdest like oh, slow oh love kiss in history, and then and Danielle's like down, you know, she's down to clown, obviously, like, but just, you know, it's it's lighthearted, it's fun, and you know, I need that right now. And it's I like, want to see Danielle at the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Magic Mike dance. Oh my god! Yeah, like, I'm not wearing pants, but it's okay. Danielle, extremely horny, clearly. Yeah. Um. Wait. Also, like, I'm interested in the Schwartz and what's her name, Katie. Katie Floody from Below Deck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Kate I think Floody. it's like it's just so like it feels like an out of body experience, like seeing a single Tom Schwartz on his show that isn't Vanderpump Rules. Like, maybe hooking up with someone like that is like. Isn't that kind of crazy? We've never seen that. It's, and how it's, many years Schwartz has been on TV? Like he's always just been, you know, like it's like watching like an animal documentary. Like, They're like a Tom Schwartz in the woods. Watch how he behaves in, in his unnatural habitat. Approaching his prey. Yeah, but, no, yeah, a, no, it is. It is. But he does the same shtick. He does the same shtick of like, I don't know. It's been such a tough year. I don't, I'm just like. I'm like all out of sorts, man. Like yeah. I love Schwartz kind of does the same like greatest hit Schwartz stuff, but yep. he's doing it on a new show. So like these people are all like, oh, he's a pretty nice guy. Because what I've always said on the show, if you guys hung out with any of these people, you'd probably have a pretty good time. I don't know if you'd walk around going like that dude's a fucking asshole. Like they're all like, oh yeah, he's involved in this scandal stuff, but I'm not there. He's like a really they're nice guy like here. Gregarious. That's why they're good on TV, you know? And they're encouraged. Yeah, to, yeah he's nice to everybody. Gregarious. I'm using the word gregarious correctly, right? Uh, I think, yeah, gregarious. He's all I'm like, you know. I'm, yeah. so, I'm sleep deprived from dog mom life. Dog mom. I'm <laughs> um, but the other thing. So what's her name? Malia. Malia from Below Deck. Yeah. Well, Malia from Below Deck. I didn't watch Below Deck, but I had my friend recap me about why everyone hates Malia. And it's because. You didn't she- know? No, I didn't know because I didn't watch. She ratted Deck. out. She yes, ratted out the chief. Xanax. Yeah, it had a little weed pen or a THC pen and Xanax, and she yeah. told Captain Sandy about it. And it was this was during the pandemic season, and I we were all livid. And so Captain Sandy had got her off the boat because it was, and Malia wanted just she wanted to share the bedroom with her stupid yeah. chef boyfriend that ended up cheating on her. Yeah, exactly. She like weaponized that information like yeah. to use when she was mad at this girl. Anyway, I didn't know that about Malia, but then I was very, you know, I was like, whoa, when she kissed or spit. Well, you guys, she South. jumped up on Corey Kiefer. She like jumped up and almost like, like bit his lip, like to like, it was like a monkey, like hopping on a tree and it was why. And then, and then Jordan saw that and got hurt about that. And this Jordan is how silly it was. Jordan got hurt. I love how it's like, meanwhile, he has like basically a full-blown girlfriend at home, but then like the girl that wants to hook up with him is now like crying because he may have kissed some other girl. Like, oh my God. And then Sam's going to come in and yell at the other ladies instead of yelling at Corey. Right. Right. Well, I wish they would take all the men of these shows and replace them with extremely average men in their 40s. And you would not be getting any of this Malia junk. Like, there'd be no fights. Like, just like it's it's completely looks based sometimes. Like, they're charming, but put an ugly, charming dude in there and see if there's fights, you know? Right, right. Um, So Bravo's firing on all cylinders. We got Potomac. We got Married to Medicine happening. We have Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Potomac premiere. Oh yeah, Real Housewives premiered last Sunday. This is tonight's the second episode. Wait, I'm. 
I yeah, miss you. You're, you're too busy with the dog lately. Guys, you, this sorry, dog has changed you. you. God. I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, how the fuck did I not even know? But that's also like kind of Bravo's fault. Because how <laughs> well, did not know Potomac premiered? But why, why did, also, why did they put all those premieres on BravoCon week? It's like your core audience is all at a convention center instead oh, of talking about I your show. Just, I was just following like BravoCon content. Oh, so like, wow. Sophie was like, I don't know. I think it's kind of Bravo's fault, really. It's not mine. It's, it's not Bravo's. My fault. Like, I I me, did my part. Like, you would know if I was trying to kiss him. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> wait. Uh, wait, wait. So you're not watching Salt Lake City this season? No, I, I mean, am. It's so good. And but you didn't watch oh, this this past week's episode at the roller skating rink with Lee no, and then at I the did. end, Lisa and Monica with the sound bath? I did. I did watch that. And also the Monica. Heather. Okay, so like, you guys, that's the okay. Monica, Heather is well, Beauty Lab and Laser is suing Monica for unpaid services of two thousand dollars from the year 2019, 2020, I believe. And then Monica now is counter suing, saying she got botched injections. But supposedly what happened, Monica put like a $400 down payment and she was supposed to make payments of $200 every month and she did not make any of those payments. So allegedly that scene that we saw at the very beginning of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City where Heather was like, get out of here, stop filming. She did what? Is supposedly Heather finding out on the phone that Monica is the client that did all of this stuff. Now, that's so supposedly- So know who the client was? Until that moment on camera that we're going to see later. That is- that's the moment we saw. And we all thought it was something yeah, about Jen Shaw. It's actually about Monica Garcia. And then there was a Demois. I don't believe this at all, but there's a Demois line that she actually put up there saying that Monica allegedly is the one that took Lisa Barlow's $60,000 ring in Palm Springs. I think that is a bridge too far. And I think that's, well, I will say this. I heard multiple times from higher sources at BravoCon that none of the Salt Lake City ladies were messing with Monica that weekend. Like they all are very anti-Monica right now. Oh my God. Okay. So the ring thing, that is a bridge too far, even though that would be tintillating. Yeah. Um, I think that she wouldn't keep bringing it up if she were guilty. Like she kept yes, bringing exactly. it up. No, no. I think, I think there's, a, I think even Monica, even if Monica, I like her a lot on the show. I think she's so good. Even if Monica is a complete scam artist and say she studied under the tutelage of Jen Shaw, I still think she wouldn't even fuck with that. Like that's too far. Right. Tutelage is my favorite word, like in the English vocabulary, by the way. <laughs> no. using that. Well, I, um, I don't like Monica's mom. I'm, 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 oh I'm pro Monica on that. Monica's mom is evil. Monica's mom is so evil. But also like we, I was just like reading the headlines at first, like not really paying attention to the Monica Heather stuff, but like Obviously, I'm Team Heather because we don't know Monica. Like Monica is like if you were she's a wild card. of Jen Shaw, like how like how innocent are you about what Jen Shaw was uh, doing? Listen, all? she's trying to make a name for herself. She does have these kids. She does. So you're right. You're right. But I will say, it is. So exciting to watch that her in that scene with Lisa Barlow at the end, them just going back and yeah. forth like, stop it, Monica, stop it. And Angie Kay in the middle of like, wait a sec, I'm actually older than Lisa. So why are you saying know, it was so was funny? She was like, that's what happens when you get old. And Angie was like, hey, I'm older than Lisa. And Lisa goes, hey, Monica, Angie's older than me anyway. Yeah. 
<laughs> and no, she goes, Anne Heather. And like, she started naming like, but oh for Monica to come that hard, like she's no wilting flower. She's no innocent. Like she was going hard in that last scene. She knows her way around a read and trying to take somebody down. So it is interesting. I think she has these like a sympathetic side because of her relationship with her mom, yeah. but she's also fully like, that was really intense, but it was so good on the episode. Right. Great casting. But also, would you sue if you're casting? But it gets a little weird. Like, Heather's suing her for $2,000. I think it opens up a thing that, I mean, they're really truly out to like, I mean, obviously, she, if she signed a contract, she's owed that money. But like, to sue when you know you're on a show with somebody, that's taking it a step really far that could have potentially be handled out of the press. So I think there is an element of, F you, you're going down, Monica. Right. Well, clearly, I feel like she is probably outside of the court system, tried to get that money from Monica directly, I would assume. And the fact that like, Monica is doubling down on being botched. Well, you have to have innocent uh, evidence of being botched if you're going to like use that <laughs> yeah, argument. She said you had, botched. Like, you had to have like taken photos, right? Like, I don't know. Like, oh my God. Was, like, taking it to court. Like, holy shit. I just had this thought of they're fully like, you know, Heather's suing Monica. And then Heather's like, I need to get in the mind of Monica. And we have like kind of a silence of the lambs where Heather goes to prison to see Jen Shaw. And it's like silence of the lambs, Anthony Hopkins. And so like, she's led down this dark hallway and everyone's like, and then it's like, and then Jen Shaw's like, you know, just standing up like Anthony Hopkins. I was like, I was expecting you, you know? And it's like, (laughs) Heather's like, uh, uh, Miss Shaw, I have a question about Monica Garcia. Oh, Monica, yes. Hello, Heather. Yeah, hello, Heather. Do the lambs do the lambs still cry, Heather Gay? (laughs) (laughs) That that would have been a good SNL sketch. Well, you know what's not a good SNL sketch? Any fucking sketch that was on SNL last night. Did you watch SNL with Timothy Chalamet? I watched it today. Oh my God. Like um, I wanted to like it, but first off, I want to say so he's really, he's really a good looking man. I was even like, oh he's, my, just he's so, so cute. He's a, such can't... a cute guy. Like he's really a talented actor and a cute guy. That was not good. Like, are we saying yeah. that was good? That was not no, good. He was horrible. And I, it feels like they're really trying to cater to like, you know, the very online people with the Kevin James meme joke. And the Troy, like, Troy Savon sketch. Troy Savon sketch. It's like, I feel like 90% of the population like doesn't know what you're talking about just because they're not so like chronically online. Like we get it, but like, well, you're chronically online. I'm chronically online. I know I'm a different age group, but but, like, it still doesn't make it funny. Yeah. That's (laughs) something where the kids like, I don't know. It was like, and also that Britney Spears, like little thing about her book narration, that was so bad. And it wasn't bad because it was just bad because like even the impressions of, of like half the people didn't even sound like the characters they were imitating. Like, I and like Chloe Fineman, but it was like, read a uh. message about her getting like sexually assaulted. Like, oh, yeah. that's to be funny. Like, that's so like who, what? Well, Brittany's manager today said, um, he wrote this and I thought this was actually interesting. I'm trying to find it, but it was, uh, but it was just about like, listen, oh, here it is. Britney Spears manager on Saturday Night Live's parody of the singer's memoir. Wow. The writers of SNL are getting worse and worse. No wonder you all reached out to me to get Britney on the show. SNL is on life support. You all are pathetic and the Chloe Fine and Chloe Fineman isn't funny. Did you find her on Craigslist or something? 
Um, I, I think Chloe Feynman is funny, but I just thought it was overall a really bad sketch on something that you shouldn't probably be joke. Like their take no. on it was so dumb. No, it was, it was lazy. so bad. It was awful. I don't know. Timmy, I just, I, come on. But I wanted to really like it. And not, Kylie it Jenner was there last night. Did you see right. Kylie Jenner was at the after party? She got to go? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you you live in New York. You could have been out there, but like I don't know, is Timothy Chalamet okay? I hope he okay. I I hope he's okay. I hope he doesn't. I hope he stays somewhat normal and doesn't like get involved in. You know what I'm saying? In the Kardashian vortex, in a sense. Well, yes, completely. Chris Jenner also like promoted like the episode. Like he's part yeah. of the family now. Like shut up, Chris. But also, like, I always think about the advice that Leonardo DiCaprio allegedly gave Timothy Chalamet yeah. about, you know, the industry, about having a, you know, successful career in Hollywood. And he allegedly said, don't do super superhero movies and don't do drugs. Don't do hard drugs. Yeah. And now I'm like, Timmy, you got that advice. You got the key to success straight from the horse's mouth. DiCaprio was like... You can still date under 25 for as long as you want, but just don't do those other things. Like, stay away from cloquane, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, speaking of Leonardo DiCaprio, he celebrated his 49th birthday with a party last night in Los Angeles. And it was funny because it it was just a reminder of like, man, we're all getting old. It was like Snoop Dogg. Like, I saw a picture of him. He was looking old. Like, it was all these old people. It was like, you know, Tobey Maguire. Like, the whole, like, you know, pussy posse. But oh, then... Wow. Uh, Olivia Wilde, the director actor was there and she left with Chris Rock. They left together from Leo's birthday. Wait, how do you know this? They had, they had it. Uh, it was a, a daily mail article. They were in the okay. same car at the very end. I was <laughs> like, freaked out? like, like you, yeah. I'm, I'm at Chris Rock's that? right now. They are both here. I'm did in a closet hear, right now. Did you hear this from like Lori <laughs> Kay? Public Lori K public relations. By the way, I just did a Patreon and somebody asked me about Lori K. Lori K public relations. That's an inside. Like a lot of you guys won't even realize what she's talking about, but Lori K public relations is she's yeah, she's that's so like funny. Randomly, like everywhere. she's Jackson Brittany's publicist, but she's omnipresent. She's everywhere. I I someday will hire Lori K public relations. You know um, you've made it. No, you know you. You know, you the opposite of made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, DiCaprio had this party, but I just even wonder if DiCaprio was looking around of like, damn, like looking at all the people that were his age or older. Like Kim Kardashian was there last night, by the way, at the party. And I just wonder if he was like, we need to get some 25 year olds in this place. Like he's so used to dating 25 year olds. I wonder if he gets depressed when he hangs out with people his age. Is he still dating? Yeah, he's like lame. Yeah, he's like loser. And he's always Losers. like talking out young people talk because he's like i i'm up with the trends i know troy savon <laughs> troy savon um oh uh, wait oh oh i was about to say vittoria that model that he's yeah. like most recently she grabbed to. his butt the other week on, in a photo oh yeah okay, they had a photo of her grabbing his butt and he's always in like the, the the surgical mask and like the tight ball caps and nobody can see his reactions I liked, wasn't his Halloween costume just like a duck? It was a duck like, mask. It was just a duck, it was a duck mask. mask but it, it made his head look so small. I, it really, you're right. It really did. And one thing we know about DiCaprio, he's got a gigantic head. 
He really does. Like, he's got a gigantic head. Have you ever, like, thought about DiCaprio's head? It's, like, gigantic on screen. I'm sorry for the typing noises. I have to look up the duck head. No, I actually saved a photo of DiCaprio and the duck head because it really did strike me of, you're right, it made his head look, like, very tiny. Like, he was, like, a voodoo doll or something. Um, Okay, so... this is already going so quick. So I got a bunch of other things I need to talk to you about though. Uh, in regards to the Kardashians, I know you're not watching this season, but I just wanted to, there was a clip that's been going around the internet, which I think you probably have seen this of Tristan at Courtney Kardashian's Palm Springs place with his little swim trunks on. And he has his shirt off and he's walking with his butt out. Like he's like walking, like he's like owns the place. And I'm like, this motherfucker thinks he truly, and there's a quote that's going to come out in next week's episode where he was like, He's talking to Courtney, having a heart to heart. And he's like, listen, when I cheat, I feel horrible the next day. And I'm like, what a, what a doofus. Like, what a, saying, what a hero. He's saying it in present tense. Yeah, was, was like, when I, I did cheat. it the other day. I felt horrible. The day. I, but I also like that it assumes I'm like the day of right. he's good. I'm, the day of he loves right. it. It's going to suck. But like. But, I, but like, are we supposed to feel bad for it? Are we supposed to, like, this is very Sandovalian to me. It's like, are we supposed to be like, oh, what a good man that he feels bad the next day? Like, is that supposed right. to be like, like amazing? Shut up. Shut up. I just like, uh. I don't, I don't understand why the Kardashians, and I know I'm like, I'm obviously the billionth person to say this, but like, why do they still deal with him? Why are they still letting him around? Why do they still like him and promote him on their show? Like, I don't understand. There must be some sort of Illuminati thing happening. I hate hate to be Craig Conover. No, I think they like hate Chloe. They have to. They just (laughs) hate Chloe. Well, I mean, I think we can prove that they hate Courtney, but I think Chloe, Chloe, I've watched this season. I I actually really love it, but Chloe's been like kind of stepping up to Kris Jenner and going like, listen, you don't pay. You're not really on it. You're always on some yacht. I need to talk to you and make decisions. Um, I think it's really interesting. And the way Chris and Corey Gamble push her to try to accept Tristan, like now Tristan's like coming to every function. Like it is so, and for people to like claim that they're so like in touch with themselves and therapy and all of this mental health stuff, it is not good for Chloe to be around the person that consistently cheated on her at multiple different points in her life, just roaming around with his shirt off at their sister's house in Palm Springs. This guy is living his best life by cheating on Chloe. He, he actually cheated upwards. Wait, that actually is interesting that like, so Chloe was like, mom, you're my manager. You're always on some yacht. Yeah. It takes too long to get to you. I have to go through assistance and they always have to get your sign off and it takes too long. Oh my God. Like Chris, just give up the reins. I think you just want to be rich and live your life, which is great. You can afford to do that. Hell yeah. Like, but that's what I'm saying. When you have power, you just want more and more of it. You never want to like, that's what I find fascinating about watching the show now. Also, Kourtney Kardashian did give birth to their baby. uh, Allegedly. We haven't seen any photos or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The name's Rocky, right? Rocky Barker. And it's based on, I guess, a, a, uh, I think it's a drummer from Suicidal Tendencies, Travis Barker's favorite drummer. His name was Rocky. And that's why they named their baby, their their son Rocky. Oh, fascinating. Do you think that little Mowgli kid's already tried to like Mowgli. push the baby? Is Rain, Rain still a toddler? Like Rain's still a toddler. Rain could be a toddler or he could be like 43 at this point. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like it could be any, like he could be at like a wild age. Well, this week they or this weekend, I think they had a party for Dream, Robert's daughter. Uh, yeah. Chloe threw it, 
And I, I, right before I was talking to you, page six had this like headline of like Robert Kardashian makes rare appearance at his daughter's birthday. And I'm like, can we stop treating this man? Like he's Bigfoot. Like he's just lazy. He's not like hiding. Like he's just lazy. And it's like cool that he doesn't want to be a part of the show, but can we stop acting like he's like Howard Hughes? Like, it's not like he's like, it's wild how we treat this man. I want to know what Craig's conspiracy theories would be about <laughs> Robert Kardashian. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you something about um, uh, Rob Kardashian. It's it's very known that Rob was replaced by a clone in between the E and the Hulu season. We all know it. We've all been out there. We all know it. And it's what happened do you, was. Do your own research. Do your yeah. own research. If you hey, don't believe. I don't need to prove it to you. It's I think it's out there. The information is out. Paige knows about it. Paige agrees with me. Educate yourself. Um, okay speaking of horny from earlier with beverly hills uh we have it on good authority that taylor swift lost her virginity to travis kelsey in argentina (laughs) last night um did you see we all seen this footage now is that and uh, speaking of conspiracies i love the i love the fake relationship pr relationship stuff but uh taylor swift had to postpone the first night of the argentina concert so travis kelsey flew up on the private jet they ended up going to dinner and then the next night they did the show last night in Argentina and immediately after she got off stage, she ran into his arms and they kissed. Yeah. What yeah, did you think of this? And she also changed the lyrics of karma. Yeah. She said, well, karma's, karma's that guy from the chiefs going home with me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It makes me like, listen, I feel my ovaries. It makes me giggly. Yeah, my ovaries warm up when I see this stuff. I love, I, I, I was like, I'm fully invested in this. I think yeah. it's very notebook. It's very like, oh my God, this is like real love because that I was trying to think about this. I was thinking of, I was comparing the Kardashians and the Taylor Swift in my head. It's like Kardashians are involved in all these businesses. They're like famous for being famous. That's valid in its own sense. Taylor, we've seen grow work, all of this stuff. And there is something very pure when she does get into a relationship or when she gets into a relationship with somebody like we don't like, like the guy from, uh, the 1970 uh, or Maddie Healy. But I think there is something that like we want, like she seems like she loves big according to her songs. We want to see that. We want to believe in something that seems nice. That seems like they're really happy. Isn't that the fun part of love when you really want to see somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're a billionaire. And I wasn't, I feel like at first I was like, I don't know. I feel like he's just like an NFL player fuck boy, but like he did look so giddy in our, she's like, He's right next to the dad, her dad, and her dad seems into it. And he's eating his little chips while he's watching the concert. I will say yeah. he has to, he flew out of Argentina, I guess, today because he has to be back for Chiefs practice on Monday. And I I thought, like, do you think when he gets on that field, people just give him nonstop shit? I'm like, what's up, karma? What's up? How was Argentina? Can I smell your fingers, Travis? Like, do you think they give him, like, nonstop shit on the field now? Oh, my God. Like honestly, smell, smell my fingers. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, Hey Travis, like, do you think with sperm donor? (laughs) Do you hit it and quit it? Travis? What's up, bro? Wait, (laughs) does she fuck you, bro? (laughs) Yeah. I heard heard Taylor pegged you in Argentina, bro. She's richer than you, bro. Yeah. Dude, was it? By the way, speaking of that though, I did wonder like, does he pay for the private jet or is that her private jet? Does he like, does he go like, I'll pay no. for the gas? Like, how does that work? I, Travis has money, but like Taylor, like, she's a billionaire now. Like, 
Yeah, but it would be a bummer to be a billionaire and then everybody just expects me to fly them around the world. Like, you're a billionaire. Sorry, you got to pay for my flight. Like, Yeah, but I feel like she'd want to, you know? I think she'd want to. But then later on when they have trouble, she might throw that in his face of like, I paid your fucking private jet to Argentina. Like, you know? And then he's like, dude, we talked about this. I would have taken Delta. You told me it was safer to do this. And like, I could just foresee a fight down the line if they're not splitting like 50-50, you know? No, no, you're right. That's true. Like just. They went out to dinner the other night. Like, who pays for that? Like, that's the stuff I want to know because he can't let her pay for everything because you can't set that up because he wants to be taken seriously in this relationship. And if he lets her pay for too right. much, or he's I like, right, you're right. He probably would not let her pay for much if yeah. he's, you know, the chivalrous kind of guy that he's making it out that he is. Well, remember in the Kardashians, like when like Yeezy was like really popular and like Courtney yeah. was like taking so many free Yeezy things and was always wearing Yeezy, yeah. but you could tell like she was just grabbing free shit. And I wonder if like Travis, like I bet he pays full price for merch. I bet he buys like 80 things to give to people, but I bet he pays for the merch. I bet he doesn't get a discount like on purpose. <laughs> um, no, that's the- definitely true. The SAG strike is over. The SAG and AFTRA strike uh, was ended last week. Uh, I think it was a good contract. There's a little, some AI stuff that is still weird, but now we're able to talk about all movie and TV shows and they're going to start filming again. So that's really exciting because it was going to be really bad if, um, I mean, those Stranger Things kids would have been like 60 by the time they started filming again. They like already are, but also like Rain Disick. Um, I feel bad now because I just realized that this whole time I've been talking about shows like House of Usher or like whatever, like scripted TV that I've been watching. But like, have you felt so awkward about talking about it with me? No, I haven't felt awkward because I think uh, like there's a little like I checked with SAG when I did uh-huh. this of like I could still talk about shows, but if I was in a show, I couldn't okay, promote yes. that show. But a lot of the shows I have talked about where I had like a guest on like Judy Gold, the comedian, it was like a SAG waiver. So you could talk or highlight the movie. Like I saw this movie this week, Saltburn with Jacob oh, Elordi. I want to watch it so and bad. comes out this Friday. I'm talking to the director tomorrow morning, Emerald Fennell, who, who directed and won an Oscar for Promising Young Woman. So oh I went God, and I'm saw so that. I'm so excited. I'm but so that's excited why I'm talking to the director because the strike was still happening so I could only talk to the... And I'm so excited to talk to her. But... Um, they, you know, Barry Keoghan and Jacob Lordy couldn't promote that movie because it didn't right. have the waiver. So now you'll see a lot more like, you know, Tonight Show can go back on SNL. Timothy Chalamet last night pointed out he can talk about the movies he's in. And right. so it'll be good for promotional machines. It'll be good for this show to be like kind of free and who I can get guest wise, because I think that's what we'll we'll cover more movies and stuff like that. But I'm really excited for it to just go on because so many people were out of work and crews and stuff. Yes, yes. It's definitely a relief. It sounds like, you know, a good deal. Yeah, I mean, the AI stuff is still really weird. And I think yeah. Warner Brothers in particular, David Zaslav, he's, I mean, there's some like really weird stuff. Like it, it, you got to realize this is a business. And like when you mix art and commerce, I sometimes feel like commerce screws everything up and right. it really makes people do some weird things. And it's like, what there's a lot of art out there. Oop, I can't up, stand up. his ass. Yeah, I, uh, unless you want to hire Wait. us and then we love you. Yeah, unless awesome. you want to give us our own show on Disney+. Um, Wait, wait, I have a question about Saltburn really fast. Is yeah. it out in theaters Friday? It's out in theaters in New York and Los Angeles on Friday. It'll be everywhere on Thanksgiving. 
Uh, I saw it this week. It was really uh, funny, disturbing, different. I think you'll, I think you especially will totally dig it because you love also like young woman, and you also love the Chalamet movie, um, Flesh and Blown. Fe, uh, Bones and it. all. Bones and all. Sorry, I always. You but I'm saying it's it, all. No, no, no. But it's like it's 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 interesting. The story. It's not an easy movie. It's a big swing, and I think it pays off in spades. Well, but it's so are, it's is that really a spoiler that there's going to be a cannibalism element. No, no. But it, well, I mean, no. But there is weird stuff. There is weird stuff, and I highly recommend it. Though I thought it was I'm really so great excited. to see in the theater, so I was excited to go see. I'm it. gonna see. I'm gonna see it in theaters this weekend. I was just thinking that I miss. Um, it's been a while since. I've been in the movies. Yeah. Wait, wait, do you have 10 more minutes? I know it's yeah. like we're okay. Okay. I just, this, I forgot this was out until this weekend when I was reminded and I started watching it. There's a new season of selling sunset out. Oh yeah. I know. I like, didn't realize it either. And I started watching it. I think I've watched like three and a half, four episodes. It's pretty boring. It's well, it's boring and it's weird because there'll be like intro like there'll be real things of like mary and romaine trying to have a baby right. and then like amanda reveals something very dark like in the middle of a conversation but they'll do that in between like the normal selling sunset thing where they're like stepping at a restaurant with like perfectly lit with hair blown out and it's right. like it is so weird. And this season all takes place of like, we've got to sell these mansions before the mansion tax goes into effect in Los Angeles. So it's yeah, like it's this. the mansion tax is ruining their lives. <laughs> and then like the brothers are building an extension of the Oppenheim group on Sunset. They're building a bigger office and they keep going, yeah. you girls need to step up to pay for all of this. And like, yeah. it is, it is so like, ridiculous. They're like, you don't understand. Everyone else in the business is closing office space. We're opening. We're opening. <laughs> We're opening. I just got to the scene where the two brothers get into a fight with each other because the one brother is like... We're going to put a makeup area right there. That's where we put the basketball court. We're going to put like pickleball right there. Like he has all of these things for the office. And the one brother's like, fuck this. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? Like this is, we're like a million five in this. And the brother gets like all pissy and like walks away from the other brother. One. You don't never, know And I will never that. learn their name. I know they're both Oppenheim brothers. Yeah, me neither, honestly. But I kept thinking, wouldn't it be great if it was the Oppenheimer brothers and it was the guy from Oppenheimer? It was the guy that did the bomb. He was like, I created a bomb, but now I will create the greatest bomb in the history of real estate. Uh, what was like the quote, the Oppenheimer quote about death? I have become death. Oh, I've, I've become real estate. I mean, it's so but it's weird you guys because it's like at no time do i believe these are real people and then they'll say something real and you'll be like what the fuck like right. oh my god and like, like when, exactly and then krishelle's like my partner is non-binary oh she got in she, she got into a fight with um, with mary lou well no i guess her name's Ma mari lou is how you say it but even the brother that's dating her mispronounces it and calls her Mary Lou. So I'm so confused because they even make it a point of like, oh, her name's Mari Lou. And then everybody just keeps calling her Mary Lou. And then they have this weird conversation, Marie Lou and Chrishell and Marie Lou, the French lady, like misgenders the non-binary girl, the non-binary person that Chrishell's with. And Chrishell's like, you do not do that. That's how little you know about me, that the love of my life, you misgender. And Marie Lou doesn't look like she even knows where she's at. So it's Oh my wild. God, that conversation was so fucking awkward. And he, they're not even together anymore, right? No, they're they're done, yeah. yeah. 
they're that's done. The thing. It's like it's it's too like glossy for me it's to like. So glossy that when they do something real, you feel like you're like this. Yeah, can't you feel be like real. it's fake. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's so Adam weird. Develo production. Yeah, the hills. I mean, it, by the way, it's easily watchable, but at the same time, it's yeah. easily disposable because exactly. people forgot that it's already out, like that it's here and it's gone. Because they're doing the yeah. reunion tonight. I wonder uh, how the ratings are. Like, I bet the ratings like aren't great this season. Because I didn't well, even know it was out. I've noticed with Netflix though, it doesn't even matter. People just like turn it on and fall asleep, and then it's right. just like another. Right. Um, That's true. That's true. Uh, okay. One, uh, two last things, but not deep conversations. I just wanted to say uh, congratulations to Kiki Palmer, who was granted temporary custody of her child. Uh, this Darius Jackson, her ex. A lot of stuff popped up this week where she had video footage of them in their uh, of them in their home, and he was abusing her. And this guy we we've known we've he's been on our radar since the Usher incident when she saw Usher right. and got pulled up on stage and publicly tried to embarrass her and call her like that's no way a mother should he be said, acting. But you a mom or yeah, something. you a this guy seems like a real bad seed he's and I'm really shit. happy she got away from him. And we uh-huh. got a, I, I saw stuff online, just women like of like, Oh, he was doing this. Well, why, why did she stay with him? And it's like, you guys got to under, you guys have been in like got, abusive don't relationships. Abuse, you don't, that's like, tell me you don't know how abuse works. Yeah. Without, like, it's like, of course, like, like I, I just find it like, we've got to have a little like Erica Jane in episode one of like, how do I have empathy? We got to have empathy for people in their stories and realize right. just because somebody's rich doesn't mean they can't be abused. Doesn't right. mean that they run away. Oh God, that, it, the images, the footage of her being abused are so sickening. So trigger warning. Um, yeah. And he posted some like dramatic shit on Twitter, like a picture of him and his son saying goodbye for now like nobody or like nobody will keep me away from you or something and i'm like like, oh great sympathy and attention like fuck you um and then i'm sorry i'm sorry i have a potty mouth this episode no i mean listen i have a potty mouth too but i really don't think like abusing a woman abusing anybody first off that's just like that's really that's really shit behavior especially if you have a child around a child absolutely not no um uh but it'll be interesting because i do tend that we try to tear down the woman sometimes in these situations. And I just think that's really weird behavior. Even if it's like Vanderpump rules, even if it's like life, we tend to like go, well, this woman deserved it because of this, or we didn't see the full thing. And it's like, guys, like you do have to understand, like they're real people at some point. Um, That's our world. Everyone's a misogynist, by the way, I've had so many people lately say, I want to be like, that's why I keep saying I'm a boy mom, which I didn't want a boy dog for the record. I wanted a girl dog, but the litter only had boys. I love Baxter. I wouldn't trade him for anyone. I, I hope he didn't hear this. No, I wouldn't trade him for anyone, but that was not my choice. Was I wanted a girl. But everyone keeps saying, I want to be a boy mom. I don't want girls. Like, why? Even even women were were so full of misogyny. <sighs> Like, yeah, I, I, it is. It, well, I think it was like really eye opening during that Vanderpump Rules stuff of just watching like, you know, even still like, you know, hearing people Lisa, like, are you talking yeah. about Lisa? Oh, oh my God, Lisa. At the, well, no, but Lisa, even at the BravoCon panel, she was like, don't boo Tom Sandoval. No, 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 yeah. no. And it's, dude, I, at a certain point, like we and, never, uh, it's wild. And in the trailer and in the trailer for the new season, she's like, he's lost He's lost everything. Tom Sandoval going, he's in a shower and then he's doing some like sort of like. He's doing, he's doing screen (gasps) therapy. Ah, 
like he and I'm like, guys, this is ridiculous. And this is why it sucks that Rachel isn't coming back because we're going to get it from his perspective and not the actual truth. And I think it's easier. I'm not being this is not conspiratorial, but just he's going to be able to portray the person that he wants to portray to make sure that we feel bad for him. And I thought that was interesting watching him last weekend was that he really came off like a martyr for something that he created. He was the architect of his downfall and he hasn't even fallen. He's on more shows than ever. I watch that special forces every week. I love it. He's ridiculous on it, but he's making just as much money. Schwartz is making money. They're all making money. So he's just bummed that, you know, anybody dislikes him. Did you just say he's the architect of his own demise? Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Oh, I'm chugging milk right now while I tell (laughs) Um. Also, I feel like I need to watch house of villains because it's good. It's fun. From someone on Twitter that Jack's rage texts shake. Yes, but that actually, I don't, that is not on the, well, Corinne Olympios was on the show a couple of weeks ago and she was the one that told me, and I wish I had pushed this out of the press because then it got into the press because of Shake. She said that Jax on the text thread that they had away from the show left the text thread in dramatic fashion and Shake is the one that posted those things. I wish I had put that clip out better because I mean, oh my God. it just didn't I get didn't any traction. Shake, I didn't know that Shake posted them. Oh my God. But it, in very Jax fashion, he was like, you guys have a good time. But like, he's so, he, Jax can't help but be Jax. And that's something that we like, but it is scary. Cause you're like, this guy really does go out there and behave like that. Oh my God. I know he's, he's, you know, who he's always been. But how's Villains is fun. Miserable, sweaty, insecure, angry at himself. Disgusting. <sighs> You know, I love you. I love you. Well, no, at uh, DJ James Kennedy, I, I, at one in the morning, DJ James Kennedy took the stage at Club Aria in Vegas and he brought Jackson Schwartz with him. So Jax the whole time was behind him. And I just thought, how fucking funny. Jax used to make fun of DJ James Kennedy all the time about his DJing. And now he's like right behind him in a packed yep. nightclub. There's like cannons going off, fire going off. Like it was insane. And I just thought, like, Jax must. Like, I wonder what's going through Jax's head right now. Uh, be a good boy, okay. old man. And then finally, the biz, bi, the biggest news of the week uh, completely is, um, this is the only news I got at, besides BravoCon last weekend. This is huge, you guys. Harry Styles shaved his head. That's it. Harry Styles shaved his head. So he's mm-hmm. he has a buzz cut now. But it seems like people were wigging out last weekend about this. And I just don't no like- No pun intended. Yeah. But wait, why why was this a big deal? Is it people just that in love with his hair? Like he still yeah, looks I good. Think, I mean, he's kind of known for his hair in a way. I mean, I thought he was known for his like voice and his pers- shining personality. Like <laughs> I don't butterfly tattoo. Yeah, like what but I love that people were like like people seem to be losing their minds about this. And I was like, because I thought something else happened, and I was just like, Oh, he just shaved his head. You guys know most people's hair grows back, like it's gonna be okay. Mm. No, no. But it wasn't like Britney Spears shaving her head. Like, I think he he didn't do it like in a public, like melt, like he just probably wanted to shave his hair. Think about like One Direction when they first came on the scene. Okay. Harry's hair. Yeah. He's always, it's always been kind of like one of his defining features. I can see that being, you know, earth shattering. Let this man grow. And by the way, do you think Harry like hears all you guys talking shit about this and he gets bummed because he's like, I guess they really don't like me after all. I thought, oh, I thought I was I was beloved, and now I hear that everybody just locks my hair, locks me hair. 
Um, okay, Sophie, this was way too. This went way too quick. I needed this. Thank you. This made me laugh so much. Um, Sophie, tell us where we can find you. You're a new uh, mom, so we need to yeah. congratulate Sophie on that. Um, I'm a new dog mommy, and I feel like I've been doing such a bad job of like keeping up with social media and TV shows and everything. That's right cool. Now. Like live life. So- I know I've been like living life. It's like I love when people apologize for not being online. I'm sorry, you guys, if I haven't been online a lot lately. Like that's good. (laughs) I know. Like I literally feel apologetic, but like follow me anyway because I do post facts or pictures and you know other stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah, per usual. Um, Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I will. uh, I will talk to you very soon. But thank you, Sophie, and thank you guys. Have the best rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.